Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Resource Families Thrive, Stanford Sierra Youth and Families podcast. This is Daniel Cedarquist, Outreach Coordinator in Pathways to Permanency. And today I will be flying solo for our Pride Month episode. Before we get started, please do remember to like, comment, and share on all of our social media posts, especially those with the podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to get information out there to help people learn about the needs of foster care, what you can do to get involved, because everyone does have a part that they can play. So we want to encourage that and ask that you do remember to like, comment, and share. For our new listeners, we always want to get started just telling you a bit about who we are. Stanford Sierra Youth and Families is a merged organization with a longstanding reputation in the greater Sacramento region for providing a variety of services, including foster care adoption, juvenile justice, family advocacy, various mental health supports, and more. All of the services that we provide are to support our mission, transforming lives by nurturing permanent connections and empowering families to solve challenges together so every child can thrive. We do have a service area that encompasses 17 counties at this time. Before I get started with the main topic of pride and foster care, I do want to share a little bit more about what's going on in the foster care world at large and a couple of needs that we have. According to the CCWIP, which is a UC Berkeley project that gathers and um, presents a wide variety of child welfare-related data, Allegations of child abuse and neglect decreased by almost 100,000 when you compare 2019 to 2020. Now, the good news on this is there were fewer false allegations for CPS workers to investigate. So what that means is they weren't spread quite as thin. The bad about this is this is also partially due in part to kids not being around mandated reporters like teachers. With this in mind, we are anticipating that foster care referrals are going to increase as restrictions are lifted as children can resume their typical activities. And so what that means is that we, meaning all resource family approval agencies, will need families to step forward so that they can support those kids who are going to need them during this really tough time. During the pandemic, foster care has not stopped. Resource family approval has not stopped. And that's partly so that we can have families for those kids who will be coming in the future. I know you might not think that you're ready and believe me when I tell you that you are, and we are here to support you through the process. You are not gonna be alone in this. If you feel like it's not you or it's not time for you, there are still things that you can do. As I mentioned before, you can spread our social media posts to help us correct any misinformation out there. You can tell your friends to, to learn more through our podcast so that they can get ready. Because the main point here is that kids and families need your support now, not tomorrow. They need people to step forward now, and if it's not you, then who? A particular need that we have right now in two of our counties, Placer County and Nevada County, are for people to start attending orientation again. We do have a big need for families in those areas. Again, we serve a lot more than just those counties. We also do receive referrals for the counties adjacent to and beyond. And so there are kids, even in the more rural regions, that are in need. So to get more information, you can always call us at our Sacramento office, 916-368-5114. We have a Roseville office at 916-742-7480.
And you can contact our Grass Valley office, 530-478-0900. Don't forget, you can also visit our website at ssyaf.org. So to the main topic, June is Pride Month, and we do want to celebrate our LGBTQIA youth and families and talk about some of the continuous and ongoing needs that they share. I get asked this a lot, so I do want to start off with the acronym LGBTQIA. That's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, or asexual. So what does pride mean? What does this month mean? Realistically, it's different for every person. By and large, it is a celebration that we as a community are alive, that we have found our, our place, our space, or a family in this world, that we exist in a time when we are allowed to believe in ourselves and celebrate ourselves, because historically that wasn't always true. For some of our youth and families, they feel like it's still not true. A couple years ago, I was at the Sacramento Pride celebration, and I was working to spread the word about the need for resource families. I was at a table for our agency, telling people that we need resource families and explaining what they can do. I asked someone if they had ever thought about it, and they said no, and I always follow up, so I asked, well, why is that? And they said, well, I'm gay. I didn't think I was allowed. Because of historical trauma, Families don't realize that they can step forward to care for our children. They think things are still a certain way. And I am glad to say that families can care for children, that parents can co-adopt children together and both be listed as legal parents with all the rights that entails. The thing was, it wasn't always that way. The last state adoption ban for LGBTQIA people in the United States was only struck down in 2016. However, even if states can't bar all LGBTQIA people from fostering or adopting, there are still individual agencies whose policies state that they will not approve them. Even with marriage equality becoming the law in 2015, it takes time for attitudes and culture to change. This community was told for so long that they weren't equal, that they don't deserve equality, that many people still believe it. And we call that internalized bias or internalized prejudice. And that translates over to our kids, too. They absorb what they hear, and then they apply it to themselves. And so why not help them to absorb acceptance, nurturance, hope, and love? I want you to think about 10 children you know. Now imagine three of them are carrying a secret around with them, that they are LGBTQIA. According to the California Healthy Kids Survey, around 30.4% of youth in foster care self-identify as LGBTQIA. And that's compared with an estimated 5 to 7% of the total national youth population, the total population of every child in this country, 5 to 7%. Meanwhile, 30.4% of youth in foster care in California. That's a big disparity. I actually disagree with those numbers, and that's because of a very critical point. On those surveys, the youth had to self-identify, which means that those numbers are low. Some are too scared to come out or aren't even out to themselves. Some are afraid that that information won't be kept confidential, that they won't be safe, that it won't be kept between them and this trusted other. 
And for our kids in foster care, the reality is LGBTQIA youth spend about twice the length of time in foster care than their heterosexual or cisgender counterparts. And they're sent to group homes at twice the rate. And they have a harder time finding placements. If 30.4% is a low number, then the truth is we can't actually know for sure if a child in a home is LGBTQIA because we can't know unless they tell us. Some of them don't for fear that they're not going to find a family to live with. They don't because they fear rejection. They fear their family may find out through various things like court documentation. Families do have a right to that. It may go without saying that rejection by families leads to some really sad outcomes. I could spend a lot of time just talking about those statistics. We hear those sad things about the LGBTQIA community all the time, and that's another place where that internal hurt comes from. Again, that's a whole history lesson in and of itself, and I would really prefer to keep talking about pride and affirmation. First, let me celebrate some success. We've had a few LGBTQIA youth, and I was lucky enough to work with some of them. And it's amazing to see a young person open up and really blossom when they're given a safe space to land, a place where they know that their identity is going to be supported. Sometimes this is with a heterosexual couple or a single parent. Other times it's with a family that has experienced some of the same things that they have, a family who they themselves are transgender, who are same gender loving. In all of this, we can celebrate one really critical fact that it takes just one adult, just one, to tell a young person that they will have a future because some of our kids don't believe that. If they've been rejected repeatedly for this part of their identity, they don't believe that they can be a whole person with a future. One of our parents once told me that it was important to them to support a transgender youth because, quote, you can come into your full potential no matter who you are, regardless of how you identify. And I think that to have good, supportive people who will help kids reach their full potential, that's what we want, end quote. This family wanted to make sure this child was going to live in a home who would nurture them, support, and guide them through their transition. It was a happy tears sort of day when I found out that that parent had adopted that child. This parent changed the life of a child who may have otherwise wondered if they'd be accepted or who maybe even wondered if they had a future they could feel hopeful for. Resource and adoptive parents have changed the lives of children who might otherwise have wondered if they would find acceptance and hope within themselves. When we say affirming, we're talking about a set of behaviors. There's a curriculum that I facilitate called RISE, and that's for our families and for my colleagues and I'm pretty upfront in saying that these are things I expect people to do. I'm talking about how I hope that people will act if someone, especially a youth in their care, tells them that they are part of this community. That self-disclosure is called coming out. And if a youth comes out, remember that it's not just a one and done thing. This is an ongoing lifelong process where you have to make the decision. Am I safe where I am now? Can these people know? Are they going to emotionally reject me? Are they possibly going to physically attack me? And then make the decision to share that part of their identity. So there are a few steps to remember if someone comes out to you. If you remember nothing else, thank them for sharing. Thank them for, for trusting you enough 
to share with you this really personal information. Don't say things like, I could tell, or no, you're not, or you're too young. Those statements are all rooted in different types of bias. And again, I could get into a very long explanation of that. Just say, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you feel safe with me. After that, ask them what their journey's been like. Ask them, do you feel safe at home? Do you feel safe in my home with the other people? With other caregivers, with your peers? Do you feel safe at school or when you're out and about? And ask them what they need in order to feel that safety. Ask them if they're out to anyone else and if they want to be and if you're allowed to talk about it with other people. And if they say, no, I don't want anyone else to know, keep it to yourself. Do your best. If you're a resource parent and you tell like one of the professionals on the care team that this child is LGBTQ, that gets into a document maybe, that could get back to a court report for the child's family to read and that could out them. And sometimes that puts them into physically or emotionally unsafe spaces. I also advise you not to tell your spouse or partner because what if that person lets it slip and if that child finds out that you told someone else, what will that do to your relationship? I know this can feel like a rock and a hard place kind of situation, having to carry around these secrets, having to keep things from other people. And I'm not saying that you have to operate alone. What I do encourage families and colleagues to do is to tell the child that you really want to support them however you can. But in order to get the best possible support, it'll be easier if there are a few more people that they could tell. In foster care especially, we want you and the child to be supported. It's easier to navigate a lot of things with the help of a team. You can suggest people that they can trust who will be there for them through the journey because those people might also be able to help them build more connections with the community, link them up with the services and supports that they might need and find things like affirming care. Remind a child that you love them and don't use the words like I love you anyway or I don't judge. Again, that goes back to some bias stuff. It kind of implies there's something wrong. I love you in spite of, or there's something there to judge, but I don't. Just tell them that you love them. Ask them if they want a hug. Some of our kids really just need a hug sometimes. After all that, you can support in a variety of different ways. So you can offer to help them find different pride festivities find peer groups so that they can connect in with other members of the community, especially people that are their age, having similar experiences. You can find support groups for yourself, such as PFLAG, that's parents and friends of lesbians and gays. You can learn more about the community and their historic contributions. We don't expect you to deck yourself out in rainbows, play Lady Gaga on the speaker at all times in your house. We do expect that you'll try your hardest, but also remembering that we're all human, you might stumble along the way. We want you to do your best to make sure that a youth in your family is safe and feels safe. Explore the history of important contributions of LGBTQIA people like Alan Turing, who is the inventor of the computer, or Bayard Rustin, Martin Luther King Jr.'s right hand, who organized the March on Washington, who was an out gay man. You can find more specialized resources at places like the Sacramento LGBT Community Center, 
or the Gender Health Center. What affirmation is, what a supportive pride is, is reminding someone that they have a place in this world. For a lot of LGBTQIA people, they don't feel like they do have a place in this world or they feel like they're alone. They feel like they're the only one. Pride is about reminding us that we are together, that we do have family, that we do have people that we can talk to about the experiences that we share. If we talk about things like youth suicide, it's because they've had it messaged to them that they can't have a future or place in society. So what we can do is celebrate the space that we do take up, the space that we own, the space in our lives and our communities. Pride is saying, I can see myself and I am beautiful. Pride is about inspiring others to keep going, to remind those who feel lonely that they're not alone that there's room for them too. Because there's room for you too. Pride is telling that child who has only been in your home for a few weeks, months, maybe a year, that you see them, that they're precious for the whole person they are, that you see them and you appreciate their uniqueness. Pride is stepping up to the plate and calling people out when they try to show disrespect or make that child feel like they don't belong in a community, in a society, or in the world. When you hold pride, you're holding hope for the future. You are showing these kids that they'll be amazing, that they will make an impact on the world, that they will grow beyond the challenges of today. And while you cannot give them pride... You can help them to find it inside themselves by offering the safe arms that they need to do that. That can be you. I do hope that you'll give us a call soon at 916-368-5114. You can also visit our website at ssyaf.org. At the end of this month, I'll also be hosting a couple of Lunch and Learns. We always have two sessions, and this month they are going to be Pride-focused. We'll be watching a video that's specifically about LGBTQ youth in foster care. And those will be taking place on June 29th, that's a Tuesday, from noon to 1, or June 30th, Wednesday, from 6.30 to 7.30. We'll screen the video, and then we'll have an opportunity for questions and answers afterwards. And this is all held virtual, so do feel free to give me a call or check out our website, ssyaf.org. Look at our Facebook page. It's all places where you can get more information. Again, I do ask that you like, comment, and share on our social media posts. Please share this one today. Help to spread the word. I know normally I tell you to keep thriving. Instead, today, I'm going to say that I hope you inspire pride. Thank you.